0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, AI scams, deep fakes, tax fraud, the list goes on and on. Never have there been more threats to beware of, and they've never been harder to spot. How are consumers supposed to keep up? Also this morning, celebrating African American women entrepreneurs who are making history and breaking barriers today in honor of Black History Month. The Trojans bounce back earlier this week after the season's first loss at Perrysburg, and next up they face a Bowling Green team that may be deceptively challenging. We'll get a preview and another collection of yummy, easy to make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings podcast edition for Friday, February 2nd, 2024. Now, this was one of the first things that I saw on the Newswire this morning, and it caught my eye because I was thinking that this would be a really interesting story. It's one of those that kind of fizzled. It had an awful lot of promise based on the, on the slug, on the headline, and then it just kind of turned out to be a big fat nothing burger, but I would, I thought I would share it anyway. Um, The story, what are the most common professions in the United States? The most common jobs, the website dig.com had this uh, story on what are the most common jobs that people hold in each state in America. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Well, It turns out, not so much. Retail salesperson uh, is the most common job in 15 states. And the second most popular job is fast food. So I guess we could have probably predicted that, right? I mean, that is a big letdown. And I was thinking that there would be some really interesting insight into the professions uh, in various states and the economic um, drivers, the, the driving force economically in uh, different states around the uh, union. I thought this uh, story held a lot of promise. And it turns out retail sales and fast food, that's it. That's the Arizona has more customer service representatives than any other state, which I thought was interesting uh, in South Dakota and West Virginia registered nurse is the most common job. Uh, California and New York have more health care aides than any other state, and uh, fast food workers take the top spot in Ohio. I did think this was kind of interesting, but again, probably not surprising when you really think about it, fabricators are tops in Michigan. You think all of the manufacturing, automobile industry, fabricators, uh, and, and so on, probably not a surprise that that was tops in Michigan. So I thought it was a really interesting story when I saw the headline and it turns out retail sales and fast food, most common jobs in America. Not a big shocker, I guess. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This was something that kind of went viral or has been going viral online over the past couple of days. I thought it was kind of interesting. A TikTok influencer by the name of Nicole Moses created a post talking about her struggle to develop a friend group. And a lot of other Gen Zers chimed in saying that they have the same problem. This is really interesting in the uh, changing dynamics of social interactions today. And uh, this report cites a study by the Pew Research Center finding that one-third of adults under the age of 30 have five or fewer close friends. Um, And they say the issue is the disappearance in this generation of the fringe friend which is defined as that person that you see only occasionally. is a friend, but you don't see them every day, just every now and then. They're fringe friends. These looser connections can introduce you to new hobbies and different people, which can expand your social circle. And we just don't have these fringe friends today the way previous generations did. According to Daniel Cox of the American Enterprise Institute, in some ways, these weak social ties are even more important than our intimate friendships and relationships that we have because they connect us to a wider world. And perhaps in a related story, the New York Times, and the reason I bring that up is to bring this story up, the New York Times recently published a story by a writer who gave up her smartphone for a month And switched to just an old-fashioned flip phone. You know, the kind with no internet access, no fancy apps. It's made for making phone calls and pretty much nothing else. And the writer concluded at the end of this month-long experiment that she greatly enjoyed the lifestyle change of going to a dumb phone instead of a smartphone. More importantly she received hundreds of emails from people who had also made the switch. And pretty much universally, they found that their daily lives, their marriages, their relationships with their kids, and even their mental health improved with the change. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with that previous story. We have tighter social... Our social circle isn't as wide In real life, because we are substituting our online friends for real friends, and I wonder if we gave up our devices, our smartphones, we set those down, would that lead to an expanded real-life social circle? Has that really been the culprit in the disappearance of the fringe friend? I mean, one could argue that on social media, they're all sort of fringe friends, or many of our connections on social media are fringe friends, but we don't have them in real life, and that's where we really need them. So, kind of, anyway, just something to think about here uh, with those stories on the uh, Newswire. Kind of interesting stuff, data from the... CDC this week, the premature birth rate in the U.S. is up 12% over the past decade. New data from the CDC released this week showed that early-term birth rates are up as well, rising 20% from 2014 to 2022. Experts say several factors may be causing earlier births, including High blood pressure, diabetes, complications associated with obesity. Just a few of the reasons why we may be seeing a jump in the premature birth rate in this country. So it was kind of interesting. And by the way, speaking of obesity, Americans now have an obesity bill of rights. This announcement from the National Consumers League and the National Council on Aging It establishes eight essential rights to ensure that people who are obese get screened, diagnosed, counseled, and treated according to medical guidelines. It was fully 10 years ago that the American Medical Association classified obesity as a chronic disease requiring comprehensive care. More than 100 million Americans fall into this category which is like one-third of us. And uh, some of the goals of the Medical Association, the National Council on Aging, the National Consumer League, goals include battling bias, weight discrimination, and exclusionary coverage policies by insurance companies. So, interesting there. Obesity Bill of Rights. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning. You're going to go shopping this weekend for your Super Bowl party. The big game is coming up in a week, and if you are hosting a party, um, I thought this was uh, this was kind of interesting. Given it says here, given relatively high employment and wage growth in the U.S., spending on watch parties is likely to be robust. This year, while at home food prices are up one point three percent fluctuating costs in different categories may present some opportunities to save for your Super Bowl party, especially considering uh, some of the uh, items that are traditionally served. It said the uh, fluctuation of food prices could affect the type of meats, chips, dips and sodas offered At uh, Super Bowl watch parties, there is good news on the food side. If you host, it will be more affordable uh, in a real sense. It is not cheaper than a year ago, but it is more affordable when you think about earnings and employment. This, according to Michael Swanson, is a chief agricultural economist for Wells Fargo. He says an average uh, the average cost of fresh chicken wings $3.26 per, $3.26 per, Uh, that is down 5% compared to January of 2023, so uh, down 5% from a year ago. And, of course, chicken wings, very popular for Super Bowl parties, and that's going to be a little cheaper this year. Uh, Frozen wings are an even better value. Those are down 11% from last year. So, if you're stocking up for your upcoming Super Bowl party, there is good news. Might cost you a little bit less to feed your crew, all of your guests, for your Super Bowl party this year. Or maybe you just go to the game. Um, We've gotten a lot of different stories as to ticket prices for Super Bowl 58. It is 58, right? I lose count. It's 58 Anyway, if you want to catch the uh, the big game at uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, um, the cheapest seat for the matchup, according to online ticket resource Game Time, and different ticketing platforms have different highs and lows. But this is maybe one of the cheapest that I've seen so far fifty six hundred dollars. Five thousand six hundred dollars—the cheapest ticket to the big game on uh, Game Time, the uh, ticketing platform. Game Time. Now, that of course would be—you want to make sure that you are not prone to nosebleeds by <laughs> one of those fifty-six hundred dollars tickets, because that's you know upper deck, way upper deck. The priciest single ticket uh, from Game Time. More than $35,000. And that was as of yesterday morning. Um, And those ticket prices fluctuate quite a bit, of course. But $35,000, that gives you prime 50-yard views of Taylor Swift's boyfriend. So So anyway, uh, there you go. Some of the... uh, latest data on ticket prices for the uh, big game. And that is some of the most interesting and buzzworthy information to get your TGI Friday morning started here.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Becoming mostly sunny today, a high around 40, partly cloudy tonight, a low around 30. A trucker found guilty of deliberately crashing into and ramming vehicles on Interstate 75 in Hancock County last September has been sentenced to prison. In December, 37-year-old Vladimir Tashuk of Illinois was convicted on two counts of felonious assault, a second-degree felony. This week in Hancock County Common Pleas Court, he was sentenced to 11 to 14 years in prison. Prosecutors say on the night of September 7th, Tashuk was driving a semi-southbound on 75 near the rest area south of Findlay, when he rammed the back of an SUV, sending it into the median and then rammed a semi multiple times and attacked the driver. Get more in the story on our website. The Finley-Hancock County Economic Development Office has announced that Chris Keller is joining their team as director of strategic initiatives. Executive Director Dan Schaefer is excited to have Keller on the team.
2: I'm very happy to welcome Chris to the Economic Development Office. Her experience in business operations acumen is a real plus as we execute our mission of driving smart growth in the Finley-Hancock County region.
1: He says Keller's key tasks will include leading business outreach efforts, engaging residential developers, and expanding foreign trade zone opportunities. Get more on the story on our website. The Ohio Supreme Court has ruled that a candidate convicted of a felony can run for office again. Stephen Krause is running for the House seat in
3: Ohio's 89th District. He's a former state rep but lost his seat in 2015 after a jury convicted him on felony theft charges. A resident in the 89th District filed a lawsuit against the Erie County Board of Elections saying Krause should not be on the ballot because of his conviction, which has been sealed. The court ruled in Krause's favor, so he will be on the March primary ballot. I'm Tracy Townsend.
1: Destination Seneca County has announced they'll be hosting events called Eclipse Insights in partnership with community organizations to help business owners and community members in preparing for the April 8th total solar eclipse. Get more details in the story on our website. And remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: So our cover story this morning, you might have heard about this. Uh, There were some news stories uh, not all that long ago on the fact that scam artists these days have a whole wealth of new tools thanks to artificial intelligence and deep fakes and and so on uh, to try and con you out of your hard-earned money. There have never been more uh, threats to beware of, and they have never been harder to spot. So how are consumers supposed to keep up? We are joined this morning by Lane Montz. He is president CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. Uh, obviously, no shortage of scams out there, especially right now. Uh, you've got tax season opening up. The IRS has warned about uh, tax fraud. Uh, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, so romance. Scams are a a big thing this time of year, uh, throughout the winter, utility scams. So there are an awful lot of ways that the con artists are out there looking to separate you from your money.
2: Absolutely. You'd think that I you'd think that the internet was created by the scammers. You know, it was created for legitimate reasons, but uh, they use it just as much as every legitimate business out there, and they become very sophisticated. I'm not hurting for topics to talk about when it comes to (laughs) scam awareness.
0: Absolutely. How concerning is it, the fact that uh, with artificial intelligence and deep fakes and what is possible with technology, that it will become nearly impossible to identify for most folks to identify identify uh what is real and what is not
2: yeah i don't want to be a fear monger about it because i don't think we really understand all the ways that artificial intelligence is going to help or hurt i think it's going to do both like Mm -hmm. any technology waiting for that to settle there there are some troubling things about ai i think maybe though scams have already been extremely successful and i think the most important thing that the audience can can understand is Unlike the old days when a scam was a guy in a covered wagon selling fake medicine, right? You right? know Reaching a very small audience, a few a few people at a time, one town at a time. What technology has done is it has enlarged the scope and the reach of the scams to the point where most good scams these days are backed by organized crime somewhere
0: yeah and and if you think about it this is a crime of opportunity it's a numbers game the more folks you can put your scam out in front of the more likely you are to get a few of them to fall for it so if you can put it out there in front of millions of people there is a lot of money potentially to be made so it's a it's a math thing
2: Uh, They're using technology to get a lot of at-bats, Chris. And, you know, you get a lot of at-bats, you'll eventually get hits and home runs. That is very true.
0: So what are the most prevalent ones that we are seeing in our area right now?
2: So you mentioned uh, tax season, and it is coming up. And I think they will ramp up the um, tax fears uh, to try to prey on those scams. And, you know, actually... You know, I, sometimes I, I laugh when I tell this story, but I also hesitate to tell it, but I'll go ahead and tell it. My ex-wife did get a call from someone purporting to be from the IRS and mm-hmm. said she'd be arrested if she didn't pay about $7,000 in liabilities. It is a very um, effective scam because they, you always want scams to prey on either hope and hope or fear, hope mm-hmm. or fear, yeah. hope for money, hope for romance, or fear of something bad that creates a heightened emotional state. And, uh, my ex-wife, what she was in that state and she, and I talked her down. It was very tempting to just let her pay that scammer, <laughs> but no, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No, she's too nice for yeah. that. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, i had her in, a, in an emotional state, Chris. And, and, um, of course the most important advice is to just pump the brakes. If you find yourself overly optimistic and overly hopeful, or, fearful and panicky Mm -hmm. those are both red flags that you might be being psychologically preyed upon by a scammer
0: the uh tax scam is uh an example of the fear aspect the romance scams are uh an example of the hope uh the the promise of hope uh that gets people going
2: yeah and i I should mention and this is important the irs and i hope that all the audience takes this to heart The IRS never calls, it never texts, and it never emails. The IRS only communicates with taxpayers in one way, and that's snail mail. So any other methodology is probably connected to some sort of shady business. They will only communicate about a tax deficiency through a mail, snail mail.
0: Mm -hmm. So what about romance scams? What do we see most often related to that since we're coming up on Valentine's Day?
2: Well, yeah, during this time of the year, but they are all the time. You know, they are all the time. And we get calls periodically about that. Uh, and it, it's a heartbreaking scam because people it's more than just a financial hit. It's an emotional hit when it finally comes to roost. You know, there there are just some red flags that people need to, to think about, you know, because online dating, it's a real thing. It has value. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's real. Most of it's real. But it is a platform for people to hook um, victims in. And they're usually longer term scams. Uh, which might involve several instances of the victim paying money, so it 's not like a one and done it 's frequently they're trying to get people into what you would call the long con you know and there are there are red flags uh to, and i 'm happy to talk about those but but yeah, this time of year it 's a good time to think about it because. You know, anybody that's uh, single or looking for romance around this time of year, it's going to be on their mind a little bit more. Are
0: are those, is the contact uh, with a victim in, say, a romance scam, is it similar to a tax scam? I mean, uh, are most of these, uh, is the logistics kind of the same regardless of the type of scam?
2: Uh, Help me understand your question a little bit well, more, Chris. Like,
0: like, like you were saying, uh, you know, the tax scams will have somebody purporting to be from the IRS sending you an email or sending you a text or even uh, calling you out of the blue saying you owe X amount of money and you got to pay it right now. Is that the same way that scam artists will make first contact with a potential victim in a romance scam or other scams? Oh, actually
2: completely different. So uh, the tax scams will be unsolicited, you know, and um, how they target their victims. I'm not quite sure. You know, they have a sophisticated marketing department sure, and they have their ways. But no, a romance scam will be um, in response to somebody on a dating site or maybe searching. And so they kind of of put themselves out there and then the scammers have ways to...
0: You kind of expect art. you kind of expect that uh, contact, so uh, you have to be on your guard in a whole different uh, different way. Uh, then the the other thing uh, that should be pointed out, and and this may be uh, a little bit more complicated, are those things that are not necessarily scams, but rather uh, bad business practices or deceptive business practices. Again, using the tax scams uh, as uh, an example, um, you may go to a business that promises you such and such of a tax refund, Um, that's just an underhanded business practice practice because nobody can guarantee those, but those are out there as well.
2: Well, anytime. So timeshare exit plans, people that want to get out of timeshares, there are legitimate businesses to help you get out of timeshares, but you have to read the fine print. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if there are unrealistic promises and they want a bunch of money up front, it may not be a scam, but you have to ask yourself. Is this the way I want to buy this product or service? Mm -hmm. And I use that example most often when I'm talking about door-to-door sales. Most door-to-door sales are from legitimate companies selling legitimate products and services. And it may be something that you want and need, but is that the way you want to buy it? Under Mm -hmm. a high-pressure situation with someone on your doorstep, we always say consider it, but then also take the time to do your own research to make sure it's what you want and how you want to buy it.
0: The bottom line being that in all of these scenarios, as you were mentioning, the most important thing that you can do to protect yourself is to kind of, as you said, pump the brakes, slow down, think about this, not jumping into anything right away, despite the, um, well, because it is that, that urgency that they try to create uh, to keep you from thinking about that.
2: Psychology of scams, Chris has never changed. Uh, it's always to distract the mind into an emotional state and out of a thinking state, out of a rational state, and that's true whether it's a scam or just a high-pressure sales tactic. And and I, I get it, you know, it can be effective, but but we counsel that people stop. And just take the time to do their own research and then circle back to that person or that business if they want to make a purchase and, and uh, you know do the due diligence. Be careful and do the due diligence.
0: And then, uh, of course, uh, lastly, we want to point out that if you do find yourself uh, the victim of a scam or an underhanded uh, deceptive business practice, anything like that, reporting it is the other uh, important part.
2: Oh, sure. So you want to report it to local authorities. You may want to involve the state attorney general. You can certainly report it to the BBB. And we, we're taking calls every day. We take hundreds and almost a thousand calls in January from consumers asking for help, looking for information or reporting scams. I mean, I'm happy to give that toll free number for the BBB. Not Absolutely. A
0: problem. Absolutely. 1-800,
2: do. 1-800-542-5539 is our toll free number. one eight hundred five four two. 542 Five five three nine. And Chris, you know, I I appreciated you giving our full name at the beginning of the broadcast spot. We, this BBB has 24 counties in its chapter. Hancock County, all the surrounding counties, south of Lima, out to Sandusky, we're a big BBB. We've been around 104 years and we want to serve the public.
0: Again, Lane Montz is president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. We also have a link to their webpage uh, on ours at goodmornings.net. Always got to be on guard, never more so than these days with uh, scammers having all of these sophisticated tools at their disposal. Lane, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having
0: me on, Chris. Well, as everyone knows, February is Black History Month. It is the annual celebration of achievements by African Americans. And while the emphasis is on those achievements throughout history, hence the name, we want to kind of lean in on those who are making history and breaking barriers today. Did you know that there are currently more than 2 million black-owned businesses uh, black owned small businesses in America uh, and African Americans represent the largest segment of the entrepreneurial population and women represent about forty two percent of small business owners as well Our next guest represents both those groups Tashana Williams is CEO of Orchid Black and Company Inc a consultancy firm which helps other small businesses and startups thrive. So Shauna, talk a little bit about your path to entrepreneurship. Is this something that you always knew that you wanted to do? Was this always on the radar? Chris, definitely not. Um,
3: (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) a straight path. Uh, I didn't know that I, I did not always know that I wanted to work for myself, but I did know that I wanted to help people and make a difference. And uh, I actually started my studies in pharmaceutical sciences and I got discouraged and I changed my entire plan. I enrolled in business administration and just plunged right into network marketing. And being in front of people and talking about business, I found my passion for entrepreneurship
0: and helping the community. What was that like the the boldest move cuz the the one thing that I wanted to have you talk about was that that bold move where you know you go and 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 you know, put it all on the line. Was that it, you know, kind of changing direction so dramatically?
3: Uh, It was definitely one of them. Uh, Changing that path into my career was definitely um, one of the boldest moves I've ever made. In terms of the business itself, I would say that um, changing the focus to community outreach and just addressing the needs of the immediate needs of people that are around us and people that we have the capacity to help. Uh, That has been the biggest move for the business so far. I I partnered with organizations throughout North America that are focused on bridging the gaps that are faced by women and people of color, people in low-income communities. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we're giving accessibility and information to education and services, anything that they need to reach success.
0: What has been the biggest challenge uh, that you have faced in that? We talk about the the boldest moves. What has been the biggest challenge that you have have faced and had to overcome?
3: That's a great question, Chris. time time is uh, is the biggest challenge um as a business owner and somebody who sits on multiple boards. Mm-hmm. Time is definitely of the essence. Yeah, it's uh you know I what I do is I write everything down. I use my go girl book, which is a personal planner, and I have one for budget planning as well. Mm-hmm. It helps me to keep track of my goals and my schedule, and of course as a mom, it helps me to and a wife,
0: I, it helps me to prioritize. What what was the what was that that I made it moment uh in it, you know, when you know that, yeah, this is where I'm meant to be, what I'm me- uh, meant to be doing, and I've really made it. Or has that happened yet?
3: Uh, it's happened. Uh, sitting on a plane, getting ready to take off, to fly across the country, to meet a client for lunch, mm-hmm. to get to know them, immerse myself in their culture and their history and their mission. That was an amazing experience. It's something that I've uh, now it's a regular practice, making sure that I travel to meet my clients because it also creates a good balance.
0: As we mentioned, is Black History Month uh, is typically, you know, we think of that that celebration of uh, past achievements of African-Americans that have uh, taken us to where we are today. Who are some of those that have inspired you?
3: Well, for starters, the I have such a, robot, a robust rest, roster of inspiring women in my family. Um, there are so many amazing matriarchs in my family that came here as first-generation immigrants, and they worked so hard to provide the life that I have, as well as the principles that I carry. And it, it's just it's just been such a such a, a blessing to have these people in my life personally, uh, as well as historical figures. Chris, like Madam C. J. Walker and Katherine Johnson, who we know are some of the first successful female Black entrepreneurs and in intellects.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You talk about the fact that uh, you know, obviously, CEO of your your own company. You sit on number of boards, do a lot of you're involved in a number of other things, and you are a mom as well. How do you find that balance? Uh, between all of those things, personally and professionally? Because I know that that that's a big challenge for anyone.
3: It definitely is a big challenge. I have uh, found balance in practicing uh, writing everything down, journaling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I schedule my time for my personal relaxation and also personal development, as well as schedule time for bonding. It's been very, very helpful to kind of unblur those lines between the personal and professional aspects in life.
0: And I know this really kind of speaks to much of what you do with your company. But what uh, what advice would you have for those who would be looking to follow in your footsteps to do what you uh, have done, becoming uh, an entrepreneur, and uh, again setting that stage, moving forward, breaking those barriers. Uh, in their own way? Uh, Chris, in honor of Black History Month, um, for our
3: African-American listeners, I do recommend that you check out foundation.economicalliance.com. That is a great resource for the African-American entrepreneurs that may have some ideas. And for anybody else who is just trying to bring some ideas to fruition, I always recommend checking out your local chamber of commerce go down there, get some information, find out what your local uh, what your local market needs and what you can offer them. For people interested in finding out more about myself and my business, they can go to social media pages, uh, Facebook and Instagram. My handle is at Orchid Black Co and you can also check me out online at ofclink.com slash Orchid and Company.
0: Tashana Williams, CEO of Orchid Black Company, a consultancy firm in honor of Black History Month and celebrating those who are making history and moving us forward from here. Tashana, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great day.
0: Another weekend of high school hoops action. And, of course, earlier this week, the Trojans bounced back after... Suffering the season's first loss at Perrysburg last weekend, and now tonight, they will face a Bowling Green team that may be deceptively challenging. Earlier this week, Findlay assistant coach Ray Helbin spoke with John Marshall on the coach's corner. Trojans were up by eight, and it seemed like Perrysburg slowed
4: the pace down, maybe got you out of your preferred rhythm crept back into it, and were able to eke out a three-point
1: advantage at the end. Yeah, uh,
4: you know, they, they they controlled the tempo, and I, I don't think that affects us that much because that's that's our tempo most of the time. But, but uh, you know, they threw up a little little press, slowed us down. But we, we still got good shots, but it came down to we didn't make them. <laughs> and uh, if you miss a shot and don't get the rebound, it's like a turnover you don't get any points you lose the possession so yeah we we just you know we didn't execute a few plays probably and we definitely didn't shoot the ball well you know one thing about our team you know if you go you know undefeated for 20 games the pressure just keeps building uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily ever good to lose but I think you know we'll, we'll keep our focus longer knowing that we're not invincible mm-hmm. and uh, I think that you know, especially next time we see Petersburg, we might remember this. But uh, you know, hey, they're they're a good team, and and they run like I said, good stuff. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. I, I told you they probably wouldn't go away, and you know, we had a nice little six point lead going into the fourth quarter, and they didn't go away, and uh, they made plays, and, and we didn't.
0: Well, Friday it's back to work in NLL play as you host Bowling Green. Bobcats 7-9 and nine overall, but they came within a point of Perrysburg just a couple of weeks ago, so sure, yeah. they've got some firepower. What do you have to do to make it two wins in a row come Friday night?
4: Well, we, we can't a- let, allow them to get to the basket. They're really good uh, at penetrating and, uh, and dishing for threes, and they all can shoot threes. So it's the kind of team that you can't let them uh, get hot. And, and against Perrysburg, I mean, I, I wasn't at that game. I saw the film, and they just made shots. They made a lot of shots, and uh, they're dangerous. So we got to stay in front of them and cut down their penetration, and we got to be out on shooters to, to contest. They'll run our, uh, They're, they're real, like I said, they're good penetrators. They'll run our, our Trojan, kind of a modified version, uh, to where they can get to the basket and, and ditch for the three. So they're okay. dangerous.
0: Now you have Saturday off, and then the third of four straight home games next Tuesday. Mm-hmm against elida the bulldogs 11 and 4 at this point the losses have come to some pretty good opponents right. lcc ottawa Glandorf uh, shawnee and an
4: overtime thriller with salina those fellas know how to play and certainly going to bring their yep. best when they come to town next week yeah they're really really athletic and they were trying to uh, wreak havoc on the court and try and disrupt teams offenses and obviously they've been able to do that so we just have to keep our poise certainly not afraid of elida but we have to be cautious because they can force you into turnovers and quick shots and things.
0: Again, uh, Finley Trojan assistant coach Ray Elbin speaking with John Marshall on the Coach's Corner earlier this week about tonight's matchup with Bowling Green and then Tuesday's tilt with Elida. It's the Bobcats and the Trojans tonight right here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. 645 will be airtime and other hoops action from... Uh, around the area on our family of stations over on 100.5 WKXA tonight, it's BBC action as Pandora Gilboa hosts Liberty Benton. Meanwhile, on 106.3 The Fox tonight, Salina is at Ottawa Glandorf. And you can follow all of that action and all of the games from around the area On the WFIN scoreboard page, powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College, WFIN.com slash scoreboard or find the link at goodmornings.net. This is Good
2: Mornings with Chris Oakes on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: It was so cold at the Lake at the Lily Lake Resort near Edmonton, uh, Canada, that uh, security patrols at the hotel were canceled. <laughs> it was so cold that they canceled security patrols, so that the security guards would not frostbite or anything. Turned out that may have been a mistake. Apparently, because there were no security patrols, an opportunistic group of thieves broke into the resort and stole a 500-pound, 12-foot-tall stuffed polar bear. Somehow, <laughs> first of all, what, what would you what would you want with a 500-pound, 12-foot stuffed polar bear? I mean, that would be kind of hard to hide, don't you think? Um. Somehow, no one even noticed, though, that the massive animal, which had uh, undergone taxidermy, it was, it was a, a real polar bear that had been uh, taxidermed, uh, and nobody noticed it missing for a few days. This actually happened back January 22nd, and uh, nobody noticed it missing uh, for a while. Uh, number one, because he had been there so long, it felt like he would always be there, according to uh, re- uh, employees at the resort. And he was mounted on a platform on the second floor of the hotel. So people had to look up to see him. Uh, But he has not been seen since the heist in which thieves had to sever steel cables to remove him and somehow get him down from the second floor. This was a massive undertaking that somebody uh, (laughs) undertook to steal this 500-pound, 12-foot-tall Stuffed polar bear. All because it was so cold that they canceled the security patrols at the hotel. (laughs) I don't think they'll be doing that again anytime soon. Elsewhere in the broken news this morning, a Florida man has been charged for allegedly trying to steal. Speaking of stealing unusual things, um, 50-year-old Rocco Benedetto, Fort Myers, Florida, has been charged with allegedly trying to steal a large Snoop Dogg bobblehead from a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> what? There are so many questions here. Number one, why would you steal a Snoop Dogg bobblehead from a Mexican restaurant? And number two, why is there a Snoop Dogg bobblehead at the Mexican restaurant in the first place? I'm so many unanswered questions. Uh, But this was not exactly the crime of the century, obviously, because the Snoop Dogg bobblehead was right there near the checkout. And they have security cameras uh, at the uh, cashier station. Uh, Mr. Benedetto was caught on tape stealing the bobblehead, which, by the way, is valued at over $1,200. He has been charged with grand theft. Snoop Dogg (laughs) bobblehead. So many unanswered questions. Um, This is just a weird story here. And again, so many unanswered questions. This comes from uh, California, where a man who attempted to pin his crimes uh, on his twin brother will serve 140 years behind bars. That's nice. What's that old saying? With friends like that, you don't need enemies. With brothers like that, you don't need enemies. Um, Back in 2019, this started in 2019, when DNA testing uncovered two potential suspects for a group of cold case crimes, uh, attacks on girls and women in California. Uh, The uh, suspects were identical twins. So the DNA, they're identical twins, DNA matches, and both individuals maintained their innocence. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Conther, as uh, one brother who actually committed the crimes, actually at one point tried to pin the crimes on his brother. That's nice. That is his twin brother. But in the end, obviously it wasn't the DNA that put Kevin away. It was his own loose lips. In a recorded conversation, Mr. Conther admitted to his brother that something was wrong with his brain. He can be heard on tape saying, I have issues and now I've got to pay for it and I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin the crimes on you. His brother turned state's evidence, wore a wire. He's now going away for a long time. But that's, I mean, how low do you have to be? To try and pin those crimes on your twin brother. Man, makes for some very uncomfortable Thanksgiving family gatherings, I would guess. And a couple of other items here in the uh, broken news, both from the international file. Police in Mumbai have now released a pigeon suspected of being a Chinese spy. A pigeon. Suspected of being a Chinese spy, the bird had been held for eight months. (laughs) Suspicion of spying. Apparently, the pigeon was carrying suspicious rings and messages when it was found. The uh, local animal hospital there in Mumbai was finally given permission to release the bird this past Tuesday. The spying charge has been dropped. (laughs) During an investigation, it was discovered that the bird used to take part in racing events in Taiwan. And uh, fortunately, the bird is uh, in good health and will not have any ill effects, long-term effects, from uh, his incarceration. <laughs> what are you going to do? Put a bird on trial? Put a pigeon on trial? What is the What's going on there in Mumbai? And finally, in the broken news this morning, and it's been a while since we've had a story like this, although we have have had stories like this in the past, um, a claw machine stuffed with Hello Kitty plush toys proved too much of a temptation for a three-year-old in Queensland, Australia. <laughs> you know what's going to happen in this story, right? The boy climbed into the claw machine through the prize chute and then couldn't get out. Uh, The rescue effort, which is documented in a video on the Queensland Police Service Facebook page, shows the boy's parents telling him to move to the back of the machine and cover his eyes so that police could break the glass and get into... He crawled in through the prize chute and then couldn't figure out a way to get back out again. Um, The boy's name is Ethan, and so they were telling Ethan, move to the back so they can break the glass, get you out. I don't know, why didn't they just call the manager to open up the machine, you know? I don't know how they do that, but they've got to refill the machine, right, with with more plush toys at some point. So there's got to be a way to open the machine, but they went straight to breaking glass. Ethan was safely removed, uh, returned to his parents, and the story does have a happy ending. The cop uh, asked him which prize he wanted, so he even got his little uh, stuffed... Uh, stuffed uh, Hello Kitty toy. <laughs> uh, Ethan and the police. One claw machine. Zero reads a caption under the video. So I'm not sure if you should really reward him with a toy for crawling into the claw machine. There. Uh, there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming
4: you know an exceptional teacher who's made a positive impact in your life or the life of a student? It's time to shine a bright spotlight on these educational heroes with the Finley Rotary Golden Apple Awards. Nominate your favorite teacher from Finley or Hancock County online at FinleyRotary.org before April 5th. Nominate an outstanding educator for the Golden Apple Awards. Make a difference. Honor a teacher by visiting FinleyRotary.org today. This message provided by WFIN.
0: And now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So by now, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that a total total solar eclipse is coming on April 8th of this year It'll be visible uh, across North America. Uh, parts of Mexico, the U.S., and Canada, including northwest Ohio, will be in the path of totality. By the way, all of North America will see at least a partial solar eclipse. All of North America. But we are in the path of totality. And here in Findlay, the time uh, that we will be in totality uh, will be 3 minutes and 44 seconds. The eclipse will last 3 minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, but different times. Places will experience the eclipse for different lengths of time. Here it's about 3 minutes and 44 seconds. The maximum length of totality uh, will be 4 minutes and 28 seconds. Across the entire path for this uh, this eclipse, the maximum length of totality will be 4 minutes and 28 seconds. And that will not be anywhere in the U.S. That will actually be close to the village of Nazis in northwestern Mexico. So, have you wondered, what is the longest eclipse that has ever been seen on Earth? Because different, depending on when they happen uh, and where you are, uh, the length of the eclipse is different. Well, the longest total solar eclipse in history occurred on June 15th, 743 BC. In the year 743 B.C., that was 7 minutes and 28 seconds. Seven and a half minutes. Now, of course, there aren't actual records from 743 B.C. Uh, This is according to calculations of NASA, and this 7 minute, 28 second eclipse occurred in the Indian Ocean off the coast of Kenya and Somalia in Africa. Um, But even that is not the longest possible eclipse. Uh, mathematically speaking, the longest totality that would be possible on planet Earth would be 7 minutes and 31 seconds, as according to mathematicians who study this sort of thing. That uh, would be exceedingly rare, though. It would only be possible within 5 degrees north of the equator in the month of July, because that is when the sun is at its farthest point from the Earth, and the moon is at its closest point to the Earth. So that is what is possible. Once again, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Very good morning. Good morning. And uh, we've got another... Collection of recipes, are good to stick-to-your-ribs kind yep. of winter thing. Although, you know, the groundhog saw his shadow, so six more weeks, or six... Uh, yeah. No, it's an early spring. Early spring. It's, it's still six weeks. <laughs> it's going to be six weeks one way or Facebook the other. Facebook says 51 it's
5: gonna, days. It's
0: going to be... <laughs> It's going to be the same anyway.
5: Anyway, um, gray skies. Gra- groundhog,
0: notwithstanding, yeah, we have uh, good wintertime yes. party recipes yes. yep. uh, here, and uh, as is tradition, these are er- uh, are easy recipes. Yes. Uh, the crockpot garlic parmesan chicken and potatoes yep. is really good, and let me yep. tell you, this also is really good. Uh, as uh, leftovers yeah, uh, the next up. day it's, yeah yeah warmed up. it was
5: really good warmed up I, really good i took it to work and Yeah. so yep so this is three large chicken breasts four potatoes two tablespoons of olive oil salt pepper garlic powder and paprika for the potatoes um just to taste um whatever you prefer a half a teaspoon each of salt and pepper a half a teaspoon each paprika Uh, onion powder and Italian seasoning and then a half a cup of the buffalo wild wing garlic parmesan sauce. Okay. And um, wow, it was like (laughs) it just kind of gave it a whole new taste. It was like really yummy. All right. And one cup of shredded mozzarella cheese. So wash your potatoes, cut them into small cubes. And by the way,
0: these are the baking potatoes. Correct. These are your
5: bigger bigger potatoes. Usually usually I use the red potatoes, but we had um, for Christmas, we Had a baked potato bar and I had regular potatoes potatoes left left over. So So I'm using them up. Okay. So So these are
0: the the baking baking, potatoes, the russets. Yeah.
5: So you're going to cut those in cubes, spray a crock pot with your cooking spray, add your potatoes to the crock pot, season with the olive oil, salt, pepper, uh, garlic powder, and paprika. Uh, Add your minced garlic, stir your potatoes, get all that seasoning and oil all on your potatoes. Then uh, cut your uh, chicken into cubes, season your chicken with your salt, pepper, paprika, onion powder, and Italian seasoning. Add the Parmesan sauce, coat the chicken with the seasoning and the sauce, then spread that on top of your potatoes, and then con- cook on low for about six hours or on high for about three hours until the potatoes are nice and tender and cooked through. Uh, stir everything well, top with some um, shredded mozzarella cheese, and I added a little bit of Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. and then let that melt and serve and enjoy.
0: Yeah, they are really, really good. Yeah, and, and really again really good. Like like I said, the uh, leftovers are really good, yeah. too. By the way, and not to harp on the potato thing, um, you, we're talking about uh, four potatoes, yeah. but those are the big baking. You could right. use the red potatoes. Oh, yeah. and, Most definitely. You know, and there, I would. But you'd probably <laughs> use my more. Favorite. So, you'd probably use more uh, yeah, of them because they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So just something to keep in mind. To go yep. along with the crockpot garlic parmesan chicken and potatoes, we have a recipe for easy tomato soup. Yes. So. I, nothing is easier than cracking open the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is a little more complex than yes, that. Yes. <laughs> yes. This
5: is actual making your own Homemade <laughs> yeah, tomato soup that's still yes, easy. Yes. Yeah. So one tablespoon of butter, a half a cup of diced onion, one tablespoon of minced garlic, one twenty eight eight ounce can of your crushed tomatoes, one cup of chicken broth, three tablespoons of heavy cream, one tablespoon of sugar and salt and pepper to taste. So in a medium saucepan, melt butter over medium heat, add your onion and cook that until softened, uh, five to seven minutes, Uh, it's going to get caramelized. Uh, Add your garlic and cook for about 30 seconds, and then add your tomatoes, bring that to a simmer. And cook for about 15 minutes. Uh, remove from the heat and then let it cool for about 10 minutes or so. Uh, then pour it into a blender. Or if you have one of those, um, the blenders that you can just uh, put right into your pot. Oh, yeah. The, you hand-held, can, yeah, the blenders, handheld. Yeah, the handheld. You can use that too. Um, mm-hmm. You just need to make sure that all of your tomatoes and everything are all, all that stuff is all crushed. Yeah, yeah, crushed up. Right. So, um, so then. Um, If your soup is too thick, then you can add a little bit more broth, or if you don't have any more broth, add a little bit of water, um, and then return to the saucepan. Add your cream, your sugar, and salt, and pepper to taste, uh, and let simmer for about a half an hour, and then serve and enjoy.
0: There you go. The uh, easy tomato soup uh, recipe. And then for dessert, it is... Coconut dream bars yes. today.
5: So I'm for some reason I'm like, ooh, coconut. That sounds good. Maybe <laughs> You're it's craving the, a little coconut. Yeah, it's that tropical thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> 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 two cups of graham cracker crumbs, a quarter cup of sugar, a half a cup of melted butter, one can of sweetened condensed milk, two cups of unsweetened dried coconut, two tablespoons of vanilla extract, one and a quarter cups of chocolate chips, and three tablespoons of butter. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. uh, Grease your nine by nine inch baking pan and line with parchment paper. Melt the butter and mix with your graham cracker crumbs and your sugar. Press the crumb mixture firmly into the bottom of your pan. Bake for about 10 minutes. While the bottom layer is baking, stir together your sweetened condensed milk, coconut, and vanilla extract spread the coconut mixture evenly over your graham cracker crust bake for another 10 to 15 minutes or until the edges just start to turn brown be careful not to over bake or the cookies will uh start to dry up Mm -hmm. so follow that follow that 10 to 15 minutes and maybe i usually go like around 12 minutes okay take it out and uh and then let it cool completely in the pan uh, when cool, melt together your chocolate chips and your um, other three tablespoons of butter. Spread in the mix that together, spread that evenly over your cooled coconut layer. Let stand for an hour or so, even overnight is fine. Cut it into squares and enjoy. Mm,
0: my goodness. So, the crock pot garlic parmesan chicken and potatoes, the easy tomato soup, and the coconut dream bar yes. recipes are all posted. On the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, right? Yep. At Kyra's Kitchen, WFIN, on Facebook. At Kyra's Kitchen, WFIN. And uh, if you can't remember that, we do have it linked up at our webpage at goodmornings.net my wife, Kyra. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, February is Heart Month. And the Cleveland Clinic's annual survey examines the role of technology and AI in keeping your heart healthy. We'll take a closer look. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.